0: Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard.
1: Talent bench. Today we're talking about building your talent bench. Uh, We're going to teach you how to develop strategies for planning and building pipeline as well as developing relationships with A players. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to discuss and deconstruct insights from top performing entrepreneurs and industry experts. Every week we uncover tested tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. Today, our guest is Ken Schmidt. Ken is the founder and CEO of Turning Point Executive Search down in San Diego. Ken grew up in an entrepreneurial household with a father who was a jack-in-the-box franchisee for 25 years. That must have been fun. A lot
2: of fun, yes. Lots of tacos. Lots of free coupons.
1: (laughs) And a mother who left the accounting world to become a real estate agent. After uh, nine years working for a local boutique firm, as well as one of the largest executive staffing firms, Hydric & Struggles, he launched Turning Point in 2007. In the past two years, Turning Point has been ranked one of the top 150 fastest growing private companies in San Diego. Congratulations. Nice work. Thank you. Thank you. And he's also the uh, founder and CEO of Sales and Marketing Leadership Alliance, SMLA, and the annual Sales and Market Leader of the Year Awards. Ken is a thought leader in executive search and takes a high-touch concierge approach to placing first-class talent, which makes him a perfect guest for today's topic. Ken, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today.
2: Thanks so much. It's great to be here.
1: Absolutely. So we're going to cover a few things today. We're talking about building a bench. I just found out today that you're a big baseball fan, <laughs> yes. so we can bust out a bunch of sports analogies. <laughs> I think I have like three. Um, we're going to cover the importance of a proactive kind of talent strategy, building your pipeline, and then when and how to tap into that pipeline. So let's start first with the why. So right now, when people are hiring, the process is reactive, right? So Very much so. Let's talk about building this bench. So why, why build a bench?
2: Well, I think it's, you know, for any any aspect of your business, you want to be out in front of whatever the challenge, whatever the issue might be, whether it's talent acquisition, whether it's, you know, revenue, whether it's brand or marketing positioning, you want to do what you can to really control the situation, right, and, yep. and, and not have to be forced into making a decision that's more time-based and it's less, you know, quality-based. So building a bench on the on the talent side is, is just the same. You want to be able to have people in your network, in your, in your uh, repertoire, uh, on your bench, Bench, uh, available, yeah. ready to go. That you know that they know you, and it's just a matter of when the right situation opens up for them in terms of a, a position. That's when you reach out. But you don't want to wait until you ha- your your hand is forced, yeah. where somebody leaves your company, or someone retires, uh, or something happens to them, and now you're forced to fill that gap quickly. And your quality, your, your your focus on quality is diminished because of that.
1: Yeah, and you're effectively costing yourself a lot more money. You are right, exactly. Exactly. So I always believe in let's let's make this. Let's make the recruiting process like a sales process, right? I mean we are effectively salespeople as exactly. well. Exactly. And and so <clears throat> if you're treating it that way, you're gonna you're gonna structure it quite differently. Let's avoid starting at ground zero every time, right? Right,
2: exactly. Kind of recreate the wheel every time you see it. You see it so often out there. Even among clients that that hire, hire us, that retain us to fill positions, they're still you're asking them the what you think are somewhat you know basic questions. Yeah. And in reality, they haven't thought through it. Really, they, they just know that you know Sally Smith left this position. Let's find another Sally Smith. When in reality, the company probably changed dramatically over the time when sally was first hired and today so the needs and the and the, the skill set for that position have also changed
1: yeah well and also when, when sally is leaving take advantage of that don't start the search after she's already left mm-hmm. um help her get her to help you write the job description right exactly like you know have her outline exactly what the work is that she's mm-hmm. been doing mm-hmm. and you know where she sees the work going i mean Why not take advantage of that unless somebody leaves abruptly, of course. But so you you definitely want to plan for this. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, exactly. Right? Yeah, and especially, I mean, it, it's it's important to to have that bench no matter what the market looks like. Uh, but especially in an even more you know accelerated situation is today when the market is what, a 4% national unemployment yeah. in many key areas of the country. It's less than 2% or 2.5%. Two 29 It's, here in it's crazy. crazy. So yeah. effectively, there are no people or very, very few people that are in transition. Yep. You're going to have to go after people that are currently employed to fill your open positions. Yeah. And, and you, know, you need time for that. You need to build that trust. They need to know who you are, that you're genuine and that your, your company is going in a certain direction. Um, to have that conversation in a more reactive, very shortened time frame, because you're trying to fill a, a, a gap in your, in your uh, a talent team uh, is very difficult. It's very but- tough to do. Whereas if you have a longer conversation over six, nine, twelve months and get to know that person, they know you. Now, when that gap opens up and someone leaves the company, or even better, you open up a brand new position that fits that person's skill set. Now you've got that person ready to go, and that trust factor is there, and the the interviewing process, the the courting process, if you will, yeah. you know, is shortened dramatically.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you know you brought up a key point here too, which was the the fact is is that. You're, you're gonna save a lot of time and money mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. this process you know just courting and having those relationships with people so they know who you are I, I think a lot of companies that are effective you know more mid-sized companies do a great job with this because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they they've already got the relationships with people when they bring in a, a new VP of engineering and he brings in a team with them I mean you know so there's you know there, there's there's a certain level of that that can can and should happen especially with smaller companies
2: I agree I agree and I think you know to your point of smaller companies small to mid-sized companies that are not going to have a sizable internal talent acquisition team if, if one at all yeah you know a lot of them are not really um, abreast of, of, of what's going on in terms of trends whether it's skill set sure. whether it's compensation you know if you're waiting until uh, until reactive mode to jump in and try to figure things out again you don't you, you aren't able to collect as many data points. Whereas if you're having ongoing conversations with a handful of folks that are the experts in their field that are the A players out there, you're going to know as people are getting bonuses, as they're getting bumped up in base salary, as commission structures are changing, as equity plans are changing, you're going to be ahead of the curve when it comes to actually trying to find somebody as opposed to trying to react and figure out how can we, how can we bring somebody in at this level and still keep it you know, in parity with our, our existing employee base. Mm-hmm. So the key here is planning, right? Right. I right. mean,
1: so let's, let's kind of help them with building what the foundation of a plan would look like. So I think first and foremost, you have to have a proactive mindset.
2: Right, exactly. Right, right.
1: And, and if you don't have it, you probably aren't going to get too far in business, mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. imagine.
2: True, true. Yeah, and, and I think and also again like every other function within an organization, you know, having uh, the plan and being proactive, but also enlisting, you know, all the key stakeholders. Yeah. I think, you know, a big challenge these days and a big deficit that I see out there is too many companies rely solely on HR or solely on recruiting to do the entire process and they don't enlist the the expertise, the the insights and perspectives of the hiring managers early enough. Yeah. And the hiring manager doesn't take enough time to spend with the HR team to really give them a true sense of what kind of person will fit in that job. It's more of a check-the-box mentality, and that's very difficult for HR to to work with when they have 30 or 35 different recs, different open positions, everything from chief science officer to executive admin to accounting manager. um, They really can't delve into each person's background with only a superficial understanding of what the job is. So it's incumbent upon the hiring managers and the full executive team as well as HR to really have that plan in place.
1: You know, just on a secondary note, just to add to that is that by to, to add to your point is that it's transactional that way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again if you're if you're reactive to the thing it's going to be a transactional process because all right. you really have to do all that you really have to offer is the money as opposed to Really, anything right. else substantial? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Very much
2: so. And like we're, you know, for example, you know, our our firm, we focus, we work nationally, so our clients are spread throughout the country. Mm-hmm. But we focus on you know two key functional areas, those being everything sales related and everything marketing related. Yep. And for example, over the last you know eighteen twenty months, the marketing function in particular has really seen a, a big uptick and a big a kind of resurgence in importance. Now, companies that you know, either outsource or let go of their marketing team and haven't hired somebody for the last you know, five, six, seven years, they really don't have any idea of what the compensation levels are out there. Yeah. They're trying to hire a CMO with a base of $100,000. It's not going to happen. It, it would have happened in the recession years, but today there's just no, there's not enough good talent out there available um, to make that move. And they're not going to move for a lateral, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Are you seeing a shift between sales and marketing?
2: In terms of compensation?
1: No, just in terms of uh, the amount of uh, demand.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And again, with the unemployment rate being as low as it is, you've got to find people, or you're forced to find people that are currently working. Yeah. Um, so we tell our clients, if you want to hire a base of, let's say, 150 the question is, can we find somebody right now at a base of 130 And if not, you've got to come up on your expectations, because they're not going to move for the same compensation to go from company A to company B.
1: So messaging is important. Right, there, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. So. Right.
2: And and back to your point of planning before. Yeah. Know beforehand what you're gonna have to pay before you jump out there and, and try to find somebody.
1: Absolutely. You know, and, and one more thing just to add on to that proactive mindset is is start thinking about recruiting as a revenue generating activity.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very much so, yeah. And I think in certain functions it's easier. You know, In the sales function, it's probably the single yeah. easiest way to do it because obviously you're in a situation where it is a matter of uh, these people that we bring on board are going to affect the top line. Yeah. But these days where marketing and, and sales are so much uh, more integrated, much, much more of a circular relationship versus linear, then it's a little easier to justify and, and quantify the results and the, uh, the um, impact on the top and bottom line when you hire marketing folks as well. But, yeah, think about it in that way.
1: Yeah, there's a lot more metrics coming out right now that, right. that help marketing actually add value.
2: Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and especially you, with yeah. the data. Right, and very true. And then, you know, back to the idea of planning as well. You know, it's the hardest skills that are certainly important. But beyond that, you also want to make sure that you've got the soft skills. I mean, if you read all the CEO surveys that are out there, you know, in the top one or two res- responses is always, you know, here's what's missing from folks that we're seeing. They don't have the soft skills. They yeah. can't communicate well enough. You know, they can't uh, work across departments. And with sales and marketing, that is incredibly important these days.
1: Oh, absolutely. We're talking to Ken Schmidt, the founder and CEO of Turning Point Executive Search. Um, we're going to take a quick break because I, I want to kind of backload the, the second part because we're going to give you guys a, a, a bit of an outlook on how to kind of solve a bunch of these problems. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a moment.
0: You're listening to Hire Power with Rick Gerard, giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. Welcome back to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard,
1: and our guest today is Ken Schmidt, the founder and CEO of Turning Point Executive Search. We're talking about how to build an effective recruiting bench so that when you're ready to pull the trigger and bring people on board for your company, you can effectively do it with uh, really little, little resistance. So we just discussed um, kind of the the w- the why and and the foundation of how to do it. Now we're going to talk a little bit about how to build out a pipeline um, or a bench or however we want to <laughs> we want to talk about it. So I always live by the. Uh, do you ever see? Um, I think it was Glenn Ross, Young Geary, mm-hmm. where they talk mm-hmm. about coffees for closers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, always be closing. Right. Exactly. So. I I like the always be recruiting, right?
2: I'm the same way, right?
1: I think no matter what, when you're out and you're meeting people and you meet people that are impressive and you have conversations, start developing those relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that CEOs can do it and everybody Mm -hmm. should be doing it.
2: Yeah, no matter where you are, whether you're in, the, there's always the, the, uh, the cliche of the elevator pitch, right? If you're in yeah. an elevator, what would you say to a potential employee? But same thing, if you're out at a restaurant, if you're at a sporting out, outing as well, uh, you're at a conference, you're at a trade show, those are all places to find potential employees for different spots in your organization. So yeah. being being aware of it and keeping it top of mind is key.
1: Now, now, don't ask them if they're looking for a job. Right, right. But, you know, show an interest and find out what's going on with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Just, <laughs> if you do the direct, hey, you're looking for a job approach, that usually doesn't work too well. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Especially for people who are passive candidates. Yes. Very true. Very true. All right. So let's um let's build a pipeline here. So how do you uh, approach and you know how would you recommend approaching and and building a pipeline? So let's let's share what we do. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can transfer over to what a company might do.
2: Yeah. Certainly. I think I think whether you're an outside search firm like the two of us, or whether you're an internal talent acquisition team, it's really the same approach for, for in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I think, you know, we're, we're more the specialist, so we focus sure. on specific areas, but the same approach can be applied across the board. So, really, we, we look at, you know, three different, I call them buckets, if you will, or resources. Um, first is our database, because we specialize and concentrate in sales and marketing. We have that place to go to, and we look at previous positions as well. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think uh, companies miss, honestly, is they, they don't do a, a very good job, in many cases, looking at previous applicants for other positions they may have filled. Mining
1: their own data. Yeah, or somebody may yeah. have
2: been too junior for a... You know, director level position, but now lo and behold, you have a director level position open up why not go back to that search and, and, and look at those folks? Yep. So I think that's a big, a big uh, you know, step, step one, if you will Step two for us is our referral network So people that we know that are, they themselves won't be the right fit, but they know people that are. Yeah. So it could be a CPA, it could be your trusted advisor on the insurance side, or it could be a a financial advisor. There's a a pretty broad ecosystem out there that hopefully you have intact that you can leverage and reach out to to find those referrals.
1: Well, now going back to the first one, which which is the, why don't they? Why don't they mine their own data properly? So is it laziness or is it a situation where they just
2: forget about it? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I'm, I'm, I'm even amazed when I see companies that clients that come to us and they've they've tried recruiting supposedly on their own for a while, and I look at their website and the job they're trying to fill is nowhere to be found. They opted to pay money to put it on a job board somewhere, which is not all that effective in today's market. No. but they haven't even leveraged their own resources in their website. So. In terms of why they don't go back to the database, I, I think they, back to your point earlier, it tends to be more of a, a, a mentality of recreate the wheel every time, yeah. as opposed to leveraging previous searches. And I think that's, that's something that, you know, with a, a, good, a decent uh, applicant tracking system, with a decent you know process in place internally, you can do that much more efficiently these days with keyword searches.
1: See, I don't really have a problem with they don't put it on their website. Mm, Actually, okay. you know, I, I, I recommend they put it on their website, but not so much I mean, if it's a key mm-hmm. executive search, you mm-hmm. probably don't want to put sure, it down sure, there, of right? course, of course. Right. But if um, but putting out on a job board, I think is. is bigger waste of money. Yeah, well, I mean, in today's you market especially. Re- yeah, right. you have a free resource on your website as right. opposed to putting it out on on, on a job board.
2: Right. If you look at the stats out there as well, I mean, the the that term the hidden job market's been around for decades, right? Yeah. Um, since when we, you and I first got into the business years ago yeah. and it's still very uh, much alive today. You know, about 75 to 82% of of uh, all jobs get filled through a hidden job market in other oh, words yeah. it's not through a job posting it's not even through a search firm it's through a referral or someone's ecosystem and network or yep. an internal employee referral and so companies need to be more aware of that and leverage those resources i think more effectively also you,
1: you know what i found though is i've talked to entrepreneurs where we talk about hey your number one source for employees should come through referrals right, or, right. or and they look at me like wow that hmm. i just i I blew their mind. <laughs> exactly. Right? right. Right. That's very you true. Mean, you mean? Well, I've had that this, works. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. I've been looking on Indeed for people, and mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. as as a, as amazing as that is, you're, I, I've also talked to organizations where they rely so heavily on mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and their the recruiting process is completely upside down. So, right. Right. You know, true. What what referral incentives do you actually have in there? So, let's hop to that then. The, mm-hmm. the employee referrals, because I think that cuts you and I out of a job. But I mean, the fact of the matter is if you're trying to get a key person in, that's probably a great, Right, but, right. I mean, that's, that's and you should, the best place you should to at start. least start there. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, if you if you um, tried to leverage your network, tried to leverage your employee referrals, and after a month or two have just come up short, then yes, you go out to a search firm, and that's where our our more focused approach and strategy is very very effective. Yeah. But you at least need to start with your employees, yeah. and, and plus, employees really are looking for other ways to contribute to the company. If they like the job, they like the company. They enjoy the culture out there. Who better to tap into to find somebody else like them to come in and do another job? It's fantastic. And, yeah. you, can, and you can, just from a pure economic standpoint as well, you know, you're know, you able to save quite a bit of money. If you, if you pay an employee even a $1,000 referral bonus, maybe you pay them $500 when the person gets hired, another $500 when you know, the person reaches their, their 90-day um, you know, uh, probationary period is over, yeah. that $1,000 goes a long way for most employees as opposed to paying a recruiting fee, which is quite a bit higher. Um, and again, you have that that, uh, that culture fit is kind of built in right from day one. With well, that even referral. if you
1: pay them $5,000, it's probably a lot less right, than yeah. a recruiting fee. Exactly, right. <laughs> yeah. Very true, very true. <clears throat> so, yep. you know, I, I I think you hit the nail on the head on that one. And, you know, I've talked to employees where I, I tell them I'm working on an, on, on a role, mm-hmm. and they sound surprised they didn't know anything about yeah, right, it. Yeah, exactly,
2: right. There's no internal communication about the role being open. No. Uh, even for a non confidential search, there's really no reason why, you know, again, the hiring manager, but also the, the HR team, if there is one, to circulate that. Hey, everybody, we're looking to hire a new sales manager for our you know, Northwest Territory. <clears> Who do you know? Let us know. Oh, by the way, remember, there's a th- one or $5,000 referral bonus for anybody that refers somebody to us that we hire.
1: Now here's the thing that I think is really key: don't have your employees reach out to those people.
2: Right, right, yep.
1: Because I, I you need a point person, mm-hmm. and you need somebody to reach out and kind of do the selling, tell the story, right? Yeah, because True. you know employees, you know they're they're just going to hey, you know what I, just, we're hiring you. Yeah. You're looking for a right. job. Do you want this job? Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. And, and they don't really properly kind of set it up and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. sell the opportunity mm-hmm. in most I cases. Agree. I love my job, I mean, unless you have an employee who's just ridiculously passionate Mm -hmm. about the company. But those are fairly rare, <laughs> right? True, true,
2: exactly. And you know, the third you know bu- bucket, if you will, a resource that we tap into that we were discussing before to find people is social media, and for us, that's LinkedIn. Yeah. Right. And I, I wrote a book actually a couple years ago about you know LinkedIn secrets for hiring sales and marketing leaders. What's your book? And um, it's actually it's actually called LinkedIn Hiring. Le- okay, LinkedIn Yeah. So it's uh, LinkedIn secrets for uh, sales and marketing managers. Yes. My exactly. On Amazon. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so so and it really it talks about just the importance of of you know, building that network, building yeah. that ecosystem and then leveraging that network when it comes to hiring somebody. That's what it's all about. So same kind of thing. You can find out so much about your employees' contacts by looking at their network and being a contact of theirs in LinkedIn and get a sense for the profile before you even make that phone call.
1: And here's a spoiler alert. When we are recruiting for your company. Mm-hmm. We're typically looking at the employees that you have and we're working through their mm-hmm. networks too. Right, exactly. There's I'm a, there's looking a great, up with everybody yeah. in your in your company and I'm figuring out, okay, who are they attached to? Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. There's, there's a great function in LinkedIn where you look at, you know, if I look at Rick's profile, it'll show me automatically people that looked at Rick's profile also, also looked, looked at, at these people. And yeah. here's another 10 people that in in most cases, you know, match up pretty well with Rick's background. So, yeah. you know, there's no reason to not take advantage of that. And that's for free. You don't have to pay for a recruiter seat or premium um, you know, uh, uh, LinkedIn network to get into that. That's, that's part of the free service. Yeah,
1: exactly. So uh, another piece that um, we try to focus in on are top performers, right? Mm-hmm. So he, here's another piece I think that companies can add value. And this is a little trickier to find, mm-hmm. you know, find people that are within similar industries mm-hmm. that are key people. Sure. And develop the relationships with those people.
2: Right, exactly, exactly. And I think that's, uh, that's to your point also. There's another, another uh, um, key area of focus is don't look solely at your own industry, but look at other ancillary industries as well. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Because if you're looking for somebody who's currently doing exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. in another company and you want them to come do the same thing in your company, what do you have to offer them?
2: Right exactly. What's the change? What's yeah. the, what's the motivation? You
1: just got to pay them a lot of money.
2: Right exactly. That's, exactly. That's the
1: only motivation that you yeah.
2: have. Unless you have something unique where it's, it's less travel or yeah. maybe you can offer equity, maybe you're an earlier stage company and you don't have as much on the cash side for compensation, but you have equity you can offer them as well. Yeah. You know, so there are different things there, but you're right. I mean, no one's in today's job market with unemployment as low as it is very few people are going to make a lateral move without some kind of a compelling story or explanation as to why they should make that change. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of function. You've
1: got to be poised to be a a billion-dollar company and they're willing to give up something. Mm -hmm. Or... There's a pain point in their current company. Like right. you mentioned, you know, maybe it's less travel. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. They have a family with small kids, and they don't right, want to right. travel as much. Exactly, you know, exactly. But you've got to invest the time up front to find that
2: out. Right. And back to your point before, that's why it's important for not not just the employee who's making the referral, but really for the hiring manager or the talent acquisition person internally to have that conversation with that potential new hire. Yeah. So you can, you can tell that story in a much broader sense where the employee that made the referral may not even be privy to all that information, too. Uh, there's a lot of folks that we find out there in sales and marketing in particular where you know, they, they love being in a smaller company. They joined their company four or five, whatever, ten years ago when it was maybe $25, $30 million. Now it's grown so much, they're a $150 million company, and it's lost that agility. They've lost their ability to make a big impact, oh, yeah. and they want to get back to that. So that's another you know, compelling opportunity for, for them to make that change yep. uh, and, and, and move companies. <clears throat> Mid-sized
1: companies are always great targets.
2: Exactly right. Especially
1: right. somebody who's been. I, I tend to target people who have been at a company for a long time.
2: hmm Sure. Sure. Right. Because they got to be bored out of their exactly, mind at right, some right. point.
1: Right. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so yes. you know, um, now we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, you know, without having like a system like we both have that tracks applicants, and mm-hmm. so well, what are some suggestions that we can give them that'll help them kind of keep uh, track of this? I mean, you could just yeah. build out a simple Excel spreadsheet. You can
2: exactly right, you can, and you can you can use you know basically as long as you tag each you know field, if you will, or each employee or candidate in your even your your, your basic spreadsheet, you can search on them pretty easily. Yeah. But there's also there's a fair number of of, of simple free applicant tracking systems that you can use that are that are open source as well. Yeah. Or if you want something really basic, if you're not if you're You know, a 15-employee company, you don't need to spend thousands of dollars every month for a more complex system out there. Uh, You can use a spreadsheet, you can use Word documents, or one of the free options as well. Just be sure that you tag everybody so that you can go back and find them again down the road. Yeah. And you don't run into that whole issue of having to recreate the wheel every time, like we talked about.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you're just creating more work for yourself. You really are. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And and again,
2: it's it's back to your point that you made in the very beginning, is, is planning. So, hopefully, you have a general idea as the entrepreneur, as the CEO, or even as the investors in the company, where the company's going to go in the next six to 18, 24 months. And if you you break that, I have a client that we've actually done some work with, they're a marketing agency. And based on his growth and expectations in terms of new clients coming on board, he has an Excel, Excel spreadsheet that talks about when I need to hire an account manager, a new BD person, you know, a new. See, that's uh, fantastic. So he's got that broken down yeah. in teams also, and then at some point when he has enough people, he'll need a leader to oversee that team, a project manager, um, because they all can't they can't all effectively report to the CEO uh, and let the CEO do their work. So have that plan in place. Nothing fancy, but just. Get a sense for what you're expecting down the road.
1: Well, and also think about this too, just as a secondary add-on is you mentioned teams. Think about it in terms of hiring teams. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So even if you could do one or two people at a time, Mm -hmm. think about what that team's going to look like and how Mm -hmm. you're going to build it out. Exactly, exactly. As opposed to just a single person.
2: Right, right. And that's that's, that's especially true on the sales side. If you're hiring hiring sales, individual contributor, non-leadership positions, if at all possible, try your best to be able to hire more than one because they have that that natural competitive spirit among them right and they're able to really kind of come on board get on board at the same time yeah. and they're all competing against each other at the same time and they're they're ramping up much more much more quickly um, because they come in and got hired you know the same day
1: exactly all right cool we're getting construction in the building in the background now <laughs> <It's fun. laughs>
2: keeps it exciting
1: i know right keeps us on our toes so the other thing i guess would be you need to assign somebody to own this process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. within your company right. very much so. um when you're a small company it's got to be c e o or maybe the c o o somebody who's kind of who's kind of Owning this piece right, of right exactly,
2: the you know, I'm a big believer in in really for any function having a, a broader cross section of stakeholders or interviewers yeah. as part of the process. Now maybe you know you don't do that in, in step one, but by the time you get to the, your two finalists, you should have if it's a let's say a sales manager position, you should have that that final sales manager candidate meet with the head of marketing, right, or the marketing manager meet with somebody on the finance side because sales and finance tend to you know have to work together, like it or not. Yeah, um, and even somebody on the outside. As well, if there's an outside, you know, um, a consultant or expert that you want to talk to, so have that broader cross section of people to interview each each final candidate. But that's really important for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and the process, as you said, it can be yeah. run by depends on the, the structure and size of the company, but it needs to be owned by somebody. Someone needs to understand what that they have the, the responsibility to hire this person. And when you do have that broader, you know, interview panel of, of internal stakeholders, make sure that you know before you go into it who, if anybody, has veto power so that you understand kind of what their role is and make sure they understand what questions they should be asking and what lens they should be using when they're screening those candidates.
1: Now, I'm going to say something that may be a little bit unpopular, but (laughs) HR may not be the best person... To assign this to too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it should be somebody who's passionate about this piece or sure, somebody sure. it, it could be an admin mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. somebody who's just keeping track of it and managing
2: it right well yeah, I, I, yeah there's 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 the I logistics feel, part of it as well kind of the scheduling part of it the operational yeah. part as well and i think even even hr leaders would tell you themselves that you know their goal is to be a thought partner right a yeah. business partner as many of them are titled business partner yeah a uh, business partner to the hiring manager uh, rather than owning everything 100%, they would like to work along with the hiring manager. Absolutely. So you have a different perspective, different set of eyeballs, uh, and that's not just all falling on one person's shoulders.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think HR gets offloaded a lot of things. They that do. not Like do. a lot of the HR people that I know mm-hmm. don't like the recruiting. Exactly. Days. Very
2: true. Yeah. You know, right.
1: and so if they, it, you know, they're they're busy with so many other mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And so you know. Smart companies, a lot of companies like Amazon and, mm-hmm. and Google, they have actually completely separated talent acquisition mm-hmm. from, from HR. Right, traditionally And HR, the HR right. people there are so happy exactly, about Exactly, right, right. Because they, they have well, an outside like, it. And it's
2: like every function, you know, you need to allow your employees the ability to play to their strengths. Yeah. Right, just because you're an HR person doesn't mean that you love benefits or you love payroll or you love, you know, the, the, the logistics side of it, right, or the operations yeah. side. It also doesn't mean that you love recruiting. Find out you know, what your HR people are good at, what they love, and allow them to play to those strengths.
1: It's a unicorn to find somebody who's good at HR and recruiting. Right, right. true, true, you know, exactly. You, you, there are people who love both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very few, though. I mean, you either love recruiting or you love HR. Right, very true. Very true. I love recruiting, <laughs> not so much. Right, exactly. Like, I would not want to deal piece. with compliance. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm right there
2: with you. And the same as any good CEO, right? No CEO can sell the product, market the product, do all the operation for the product, build the product, be the engineer. They might... Some might think they can do all those things, but in reality they can't. So you've got to build a team around you that leverages your strengths and then also takes care of your weaknesses. HR is the same way.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, just to kind of recap, your pipeline would be what? Just go through that real quickly.
2: As far as the resources, where you yeah, find Yeah, for people, a company. Yeah, so we're, we're finding people that are, like I said, either from our database and our previous searches. We're finding folks from our, our referral network and from social media as well. Okay. And so we're we're building a long list of, of potential candidates that we're talking to. And then we have a, a four-step, pretty in-depth process uh, that we use to screen people and vet them and then narrow it down to the top three to five.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And, and you know, keep in mind, that's our job. Right. Exactly, we have right. to keep in contact right. with people. But, you know people companies who are have got a million other things on mm-hmm. their plate are entrepreneurs they just don't have the ability but, you know they can touch these people maybe once a quarter mm-hmm.
2: sure sure exactly you know
1: just make sure that right. you kind of keep these people on your radar and mm-hmm. develop the relationship with them
2: exactly and there are simple things like you know if you you know if you if you're building a relationship with a key employee that's elsewhere you don't have a spot for him or her right now but you hope to down the road you know if your CEO is speaking somewhere invite that person to come and listen yeah. if you're going to a trade show or a conference make sure that that person is going to be there as well maybe buy them dinner while you're while you're there um, but just finding ways to stay in in touch in a way that's not selling, yeah. but instead it's really just connecting and building that trust factor. So, networking, it goes a long way. Networking works? Actually, networking.
1: Yeah, imagine <laughs> that, right. Okay. So, um, I, for me, it's um, I like to coach my company's employee referral program is kind of key. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you don't have one, you know you should be operating at about 80 to 90% of your hires, should mm-hmm. be employee referrals. Exactly followed by search firms or outside entities, followed by job boards. Mm-hmm, exactly right. I mean, and, and the
2: best-in-class companies out there are getting about 80% of their people, 75 to 80% of their people yeah. from employee referrals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, you know, just a moment for everybody. If you are relying heavily on the other end, mm-hmm, make the changes.
2: Right, very true. Exactly uh, right. Definitely
1: need to get out there and, um, <clears throat> and and get your people more involved. Right. That's also a sign, by the way, of CEOs not doing a great job engaging their their staff Mm -hmm, and maybe mm -hmm. maybe the culture isn't what it should be
2: right very true very true if you don't have employees that are willing to go out and refer their friends and family into the company then there might be an issue there with retention down the road
1: yeah most definitely all right so um good stuff thank Mm -hmm. you for uh for sharing that with us sure sure yeah Unfortunately, you know, the show flies by way too fast. We're just about out of time for today's show. Ken, thanks for your time investment today and joining us here on the Higher Power Radio Show, and I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. Glad to be here.
1: Now, I am sure that there are some people in our audience who are looking for sales and marketing expertise. Mm-hmm. How do they reach you?
2: Yeah, so you can get a hold of me at uh, Ken S at turningpointexecsearch.com. Obviously, I'm on LinkedIn. Can link you spell as that well. up? Sure. It's uh, K-E-N-S at T U R N I N G. E-X-E-C-search.com. Okay. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on, obviously, Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn as well. And the phone number in the office is 760-434-5401. And our website is just turningpointexecsearch.com.
1: And you guys are based in San Diego right. and uh, do... You- do everything nationally. Right?
2: Yeah, half of our clients are in Southern California from L.A. down to San Diego, but the mm. other half are spread out completely across the country. Nice. Yes. Good reach. Thank you.
1: All right, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of the Higher Power Radio Show. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer Paul Roberts, our producers Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Kim Iverson. To listen to this episode and any past episodes, you can check us out on Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com. Or Higher Power Radio on iTunes. You can follow us in on You can follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Higher Power Radio Show. Or you can follow me on Instagram at rickgerard One. We have another great show lined up for you guys next week. Our guest is going to be Lisa Reed, who is a speaker and trainer of productive learning. I'm your host, Rick Girard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha.
0: Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.